Thanks, Joel. So this morning, this morning, sorry, if uh, you haven't gathered, we're uh, looking at Lamentations. So Todd has also, and uh, Scott have also already brought that up this morning. So if you can turn to Lamentations 3, or it's on the screen if you would like to look there. So we're starting at verse 16, and let me just quickly pray before we read. Dear God, I pray that you will um, rest our hearts and and uh, prepare us for this reading and for this service. I pray that your Holy Spirit will come into us and uh, help us as we um, hear from Joel. I pray that you'll be with Joel too, that you will give him the right words and may you speak through him to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So reading from um, Lamentations 3, verse 16. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in the ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke of his youth. Here ends the reading. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good. It's the um, last Sunday of the year, if you haven't gathered. It's the last day of 2017. And I don't know about you, but what a year it's been. It's been full of ups and downs and different things. And uh, I know for us in the church, it's been ups and downs. If you um, your partner here, you would have got an email on Friday with some of our reflections from leadership. And I know I, we look back and we just see that God's carried us through again. And we're grateful for that. And I know for me personally, I'm just grateful for the opportunities that I have here, um, particularly this one. The fact that I get to preach and, and speak is, is an honor and a privilege, something I don't take lightly. So thank you for that. And I'm um, excited for this morning. Um, I just want to, as well, there's Toddy. Thanks for those songs, man, at the start. I just want to encourage you. That was, um, I know, it just fit perfectly. And... I don't know, throughout the week I changed my message a few times, and so it's not like he knew what the message was going to be about. So, I don't know, thanks Todd just for that. Um, it's good. Um, it's an interesting time of year, I find. End of year, sort of on the edge of, you know, reflecting on the year that's been, looking ahead to the year that is. Um, the reason I find it interesting is that people, people are so optimistic. You know, they're so optimistic that next year is going to be bigger and better, you know, new year, new year me, you know, we make resolutions and we just think everything's going to be so much better, but why? Like, if you like, you actually think about it, why is it, why is that? Why do we have this sort of optimistic sense? Is it just because the numbers change on our calendar? Is it because it's a bit of a fresh start? I, I probably get that. There's a bit of a sense that it's a fresh start and, or, you know, maybe it's just holidays and summer, everyone just feels better because it's sun's out and I don't know what it is, but 
I guess for me, my hope and my prayer for this morning is that actually we would be able to look, look sort of ahead with hope, not because it's just a new year or not because it's a fresh start, but because of who God is. And that would actually sort of grab hold of that. We would know what he's done and who he is and that you know, our hope wouldn't be based on circumstances or things, but our hope would be based on, like Scott said before, on a, on a person, on Jesus, who is alive, who is, who is living. You know, Hebrews 6 says that we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. It's firm and secure. And it's the person who goes beyond the veil. It's the person who goes beyond and, and does what we can't do, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the hope, the anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And so we're going to look through these verses in, in Lamentations. I'm guessing you didn't think that was going to be coming up this morning, verses from Lamentations. But we're going to look through that. And like I said, my prayer is that they would lead us to Jesus. And as we're led to Jesus, that would lead us to have a hopeful outlook on life. So these verses from Lamentations, I mean, these are some of my favorite verses in, in the Bible. I've got them on a painting in my room. Um, and I love these verses from Lamentations, partly because they're in Lamentations. <laughs> like, if you think of the book, it's a book of laments. Um, the author's unknown, but most likely someone who was around Israel, and they would have seen Jerusalem get destroyed. They would have seen the temple be ransacked. They would have seen the people of Israel taken captive into a foreign land. And pretty much all the promises, all the dreams of God's people are shattered in a matter of like years. Like everything that God said he would do, it's sort of like, what's going on? And so that person is writing these verses and you can like, you can hear the pain of like, and the sorrow. And if you read the, through Lamentations, I mean, just some of the verses we read, um, you know, he has made my teeth grind on gravel. Like, that is a gruesome picture. That is, like, and then he's saying, like, that's what God has done. That's, that's what it feels like, that you've made my teeth grind on gravel. It says, my soul is bereft of peace. I've forgotten what happiness is. Like, this is like the absolute pit of sorrow and despair. And yet, in that, we have some of the most hopeful verses of the Bible. And that's what I love about these verses. That's what I love about, about you know, our faith is that no matter the situation, no matter what's going on in life, is that we can have hope. You know, it was just two weeks ago, we got back from our schoolies rev trip. And, you know, it was, I, I mean, I love it. I love going over to these countries and particularly going with people who have never seen sort of some of the stuff that, you know, we see, you know, poverty and, and just the, the struggles that people are going through on a daily basis and, so many of them, their reflection is these people have so much faith. Like they're so alive in their, you know, they have hope, they have joy. Like they have so little, but they have so much. And they just compare it to us, you know, when we have so much. And sometimes, you know, our hope and our joy is so little. And like that's the reflection of these students. And it's just, it's just so cool just to see that again and be reminded of that. That actually, no matter what the circumstance, no matter the situation, that we actually can have hope. We can have joy. You know, even Christmas, you know, last week is another reminder of that. You know, Jesus didn't come in Israel's golden age. 
you know, Jesus didn't come when everything was you know, smooth sailing, it was perfect, and then you know, the Messiah comes in that situation. Now, Jesus came to earth you know, when Israel were under oppression. They were under foreign rule. Um, the prophetic voices, it sort of seemed to dry up, and it seemed like you know, God is done. You know, it's 400 years from the end of Malachi to the start of Matthew. You know, it's in that situation where it feels like there's no hope. It feels like, you know, what's going on, that's where Jesus comes in. And, you know, I think that sense of biblical hope, that true hope that's based on Jesus is for all situations and all circumstances. And that's what carries us into next year. Because, I mean, if we're, if we're real honest, there's no guarantee that next year is going to be bigger and better. There's no guarantee that life is just going to magically be better come 2018. You know, I certainly believe that the best is yet to come, but that's also, I think, speaks of heaven sometimes more than just what's going to happen on earth. So there's no guarantee that things might be better, but there is a guarantee of God with us, Emmanuel, that no matter what we go through, there is hope because what we read here. It says, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Our hope isn't based on, on other things. It's not based on our, our job security, or our finances, or our relationships, or our status, or our family. You know, sure, those things will help us get us through, but in the end, the temporary is not as secure as the eternal when the eternal doesn't change. If the eternal is unchanging, that is the only surety for us, and that's what we have, a God who never changes. And we're going to look at these attributes of God that Lamentation tells us as we go through. So it says, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And so I guess, first off, you know, before we dive into that, I just, do you have hope? You know, we really need to actually ask ourselves, like, do we have that hope, that firm and secure anchor? That actually, no matter what waves rock us, that I'm, I'm, I'm set. You know, do we believe that God will come through on His promises? That God will make right all things? That He will come again? He will restore heaven and earth? Do we have that to look forward to, to hope for, to know that actually it's going to be okay? And so as we go through as we see that if we believe that God says who He says He is, if we believe that, that should lead us to have a hopeful outlook on life. Not just because it's a new year, but for all circumstances, for all days, we can always have this hope. And the first thing that it says, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The first thing we're drawn towards is this steadfast love. Um, the original words sort of draw back to this idea of covenant loyalty, that God is loyal to his covenant that he made with his people. It's this deep sense of commitment and love and, you know, this, you know, it's not just like steadfast love, like what does that mean? It's this sense of this deep commitment to a vow, to a promise, to a covenant that God makes with his people. So we have this hope because God holds to his covenant, and he does so lovingly. And so what's the covenant? What, is, what are the promises of God? I mean, we, you could go through a whole series looking at what are the promises of God, but just for a few, you know, God promises that he'll be our God, we'll be his people. 
promises that he'll send a savior to save us from sin to death. He promises to provide, to protect, to guide us, to deliver us. Ultimately, Jesus is the, the promise. He's the promised one. That's the Messiah, the promised one. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that for no matter how many promises God, have, God has made, they are yes in Christ. So in, in a way, what Paul was saying is that all the promises of God can in some way be summed up in Jesus. Like he is the fulfillment, the ultimate fulfillment of the promises of God. You know, once again, you know, at Christmas, we reflected on a loving father who gives his son. So <clears throat> if we look back to that, we can look forward with hope. It's like what Scott says. You know, we can, we can look forward in hope because we look back, you know, the reason we know the sun's rising tomorrow is because we look back and we see it's risen yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. So we look back and we see that God gave his son and we know looking forward that God will continue to give. Romans 8 says that. Romans 8.32, one of my favorite verses, he says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So Paul writes, If God gave us his son, will he not also graciously give us all things? You know, it's like a Christmas, if you're unwrapping the presents, you know, if you open the PlayStation you know that you're getting a, c- a controller and some games to go with it, yeah? God's not going to just give you the PlayStation and say, good luck with that, have fun. You, you're not getting the control on the games. You can sort them out yourself. No, God gave us his son, and he'll continue to give us all things to get through to the end. God's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to say, okay, you work it out from here. He's your son, you're forgiven, and you just go for your, go for your life. No, if God has given us his son, will he not also graciously give us all things? He is loyal and faithful to his covenant. What he started, he will finish. If you remember to the start of the year, that's what we started looking at. That was our first series we looked at at the start of the year, that God is faithful to his promise. We worked through Genesis and we looked at the patriarchs, how God had promised to Abraham and then that followed through to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph. And that ultimately finds its fulfillment in Jesus. The example, the answer, that Jesus is all we need. And if God has given us Jesus, will he not give us all things to carry us through all the way to the end? So we can look forward with hope because we can look back and we see God's covenant loyalty, his steadfast love. The next thing that Lamentations draws us to see is that God graciously and faithfully gives us new mercies. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Once again, this idea of mercy is linked, you know, the original words are linked to forgiveness and compassion. That each and every day, God pours out forgiveness and compassion on us. And boy, don't we need it. If we're real honest, (laughs) if I'm real honest, I go, I I need that. Thank God for his new mercies every day. You know, reflecting on the year is an interesting exercise. I don't know. I I spent some time yesterday reflecting on the year that's been. And it's great because you can see the good things and you see what God has done and you see how God has carried us through and there's highlights and there's so much good stuff that we reflect on. But if you're like me, a bit more pessimistic about things, <laughs> I also see all the bad things. 
all the mistakes, all the things that we, I could have done that better, all the missed opportunities, the regrets, the wrongs, the sins, the hurts. And so, but, you know, you see that, but then you read this and you go, thank God that he's new, his mercies are new every morning. <clears throat> thank God that he continues to pour out his love and forgiveness and his compassion. His love covers a multitude of sins. And, and broken people are made beautiful again. You know, sinners are made to saints. And through his grace, we know that his mercies never come to an end. And they are new every morning. And if I was back in the Philippines, the pastor would jump up and he'd be like, praise God, and he'd be shouting because that's something that we should be celebrating. We should know deep in our heart, like Glenn says, you know, a smile on our face, a spring in our step, that, you know, actually, if we know our sinfulness and our brokenness, if we can look back and we can see it, but then we know that his mercy is new every morning, he continues to pour out compassion and forgiveness then that should totally change everything as we look ahead. Because we know that looking into this year ahead, that we're going to mess up. We're going to, we're going to do some things wrong. We're going to hurt people. But we know that God's forgiveness is going to be new every morning. And just quickly, I wanted to touch on, you know, the, not just the mercy side of things, but also the new side of things. It's the idea I've been sort of captured a bit over the last few months is that, that God is the God of the new. It's, you know, the church in Uganda has that verse. Um, you guys would have seen it probably. You know, they've got like a little thing like that on the front table and it says, see, am doing a new thing. It's supposed to say I'm, but they say am, am. And it's like always, oh, I'll giggle, you know, am doing a new thing. And it's a quote from Isaiah, Isaiah 43 that says, behold, See, I'm doing a new thing. You know, and I remember a few months ago, I was you know, flicking through the TV and found a movie eventually that I was like, oh, yeah, I watched that. And it was halfway through. And it was, um, the Narnia movie, Prince Caspian. I love Narnia. so good. Um, but, you know, if you've seen the movie, it comes to this point where Lucy eventually finds Aslan. You know, and if you know the C.S. Lewis novels, you know, Aslan's sort of the depiction of Jesus in a way. And... You know, she finds Aslan and she goes, you know, where, where have you been? Like, we've been looking for you. You haven't shown up. Like, we're in this war and we need you. And you haven't, like, you, last time you just came and you fixed it all. And like, where have you been? And he goes, this little line that he says that <coughs> totally captured me and I've been thinking a lot about is that, look, things never happen the same way twice. You know, and I, I just love that idea that actually... You know, with God, you know, maybe things don't happen the same way twice. Like if you look through the Bible, the Bible is, if in one way, if you can think of it, it's hundreds of stories of people who have encountered God and none of them are really the same. Like the way that Moses encounters God is different to how Abraham encounters God, which is different to Paul later on in the New Testament, which is different to Peter. I mean, even the way Jesus calls the 12 disciples, they're all different stories. And I love that thought. I mean, even if we went around this room and we all sort of spent time telling our testimonies and how God has saved, like, all of our stories are different. Not just because we're from different backgrounds, but even the way that we've encountered God it would be different. There's different things that stood out, different, you know, different attributes of God that sort of captured us. And 
you know, and I love that idea that actually heading into this new year, that we're not just hopeful, but there's a part of me that goes, I'm also excited because God's going to provide new mercy, new mercies every morning. Like there's going to be something new about what God can do. It's not just going to be the same old. That God is able to do a new thing. Think about it. God is so big, so powerful, so mighty, so complex, so mysterious, so vast, so deep, so high. Like God is so massive that no matter how old we are, no matter how long we've walked with God for, God is so big that He can do something new. He can still wake up to new mercies. That's how big God is. That's how small we are that God can still do something new, that things don't happen the same way twice. And so, you know, I have hope that God is going to work and that God is going to work in new ways, in fresh ways. And it's, you know, it might be different for our church, what God is calling us to. It might be different in your own life, what God is calling you to. It might not be the same old. It might not be the same thing that happened a few years ago, the same way that God worked a few years ago. God could do something new. He might not. He's not to sort of say that the old is bad and forget about that. You know, God, God can do what he wants, but I just love the thought that God is so big that he could do something new. And that gives me hope. That gives me excitement and joy, knowing that God is the God of the new. And so we call these things to mind, and therefore we have hope. <clears throat> we call to mind his covenant loyalty, his steadfast love, his new mercies, and his great faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Sorry. God is faithful to his covenant, to his promise. God is faithful to provide new mercy, and God is ultimately faithful to his people. And that's what gives us hope. Now, I'd encourage all of you to spend time today or tomorrow in the next few days. Actually, look back. Take time to look back. And just see how God has worked in your life. Either this last year or in the last years or whatever. Just have a look back and spend some time looking back and seeing how God has carried you. You know, we had brunch on Boxing Day with our, our family and we just spent some time chatting. You know, what's the highlight of your year? And, you know, we were just chatting about different things. And, and just, once again, just amazed at how God worked things out. You know, Lauren was reflecting on her paramedic journey and just the sort of mess it seems like it's been at times when you know she got told to move and you know different things happened didn't pass tests and stuff but we look back and just see how God has carried her through that and I was looking at my life and you know how often I've been frustrated by you know part-time work and can't get different jobs that I wanted and all this sort of stuff and life certainly hasn't panned out how I would have how I would have liked I guess but I look back and see that actually you know God has just faithfully provided opportunities here and there and, you know, just continually giving me enough work to do the things that I want to do. And it's this sense that, you know, we look back and it's not the path I would have chosen, but I'm not going to change it. You know, I wouldn't have chosen these things. I would, and I'm sure we all can reflect on these different things. I wouldn't have chosen it, but I'm not going to change it because God has proved himself faithful again and God has continued to carry us through. You know, and that's really the reality of our, our faith journey, isn't it? It's not, it's not going to be easy. There's no guarantee of that. 
But we know that when we walk with God, it's always going to be worth it. And so we can look forward with hope because we look back and we see that God is faithful. That God has carried us through. He's loving. He's merciful. And so I really do hope that this morning, I really do hope, I really do pray that we would actually have hope looking forward. That would have a hopeful outlook on life. Not this sort of false or pretend optimism, but like a deep-seated sense of hope that God is in control and that He is good. Because hope changes things. It's a Star Wars thing, isn't it? What's, what's the line in the Rogue One? Rebellion. Rebellions are built on hope. Yeah, maybe we're just a little rebellion in a good way. Can we be a rebellion in a good way? Yeah. That's what Star Wars is, isn't it? <laughs> the whole thing. Rebellions are built on like hope changes things. It gives life where it seems like there's no there's no way forward. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, but hope is this sense that actually we can move forward. We can keep going. Even in the darkest of circumstances, we know that there's light ahead. That Jesus actually he's going to make right all things. So may we hold on to that hope. And ultimately know that that hope is it's not just an abstract idea. It's not just this feeling, but hope is a person. And that's Jesus. And so that is who we hold on to. We hold on to Jesus. And to do that, we need faith. There's your leak, Scott. There's your third one, faith. Faith is believing in what we cannot see. It's, it's a sense that even though I can't see it, I'm going to believe it. Even though you know, I can't see the sun at night, I know that's going to rise again. Like, even though I can't see it, I'm going to believe that God is who he says he is. And, and if we have that, that should then change the way that we look at life. It should change our expectations. Actually, heading into the new year, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I do know that God is going to be faithful. He's going to be loving. He's going to be merciful. Like Those are the things that we hold on to, and those are the expectations that we have, that we know that God is going to, work that God is going to be who he says he is and so those last couple of verses in Lamentations 3 that we read you know that the Lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord you know I just want to encourage us you know that we would seek him heading into this new year that we would wait for God that we wouldn't sort of rush away and go oh you know, God's not there, but I would actually wait for him. Like, if we, if we believe he is who he says he is, if we believe he's faithful, then we're going to wait on him to prove himself faithful. You know, and, you know, like Joel said with those resolutions, you know, that that would be a resolution we make as individuals and as a church that we're going to seek God and we're going to wait on him and we're going to continue to follow him. Because hope... Joy, peace, these things are not just ideas, but they're found in a person. And that is who we want to seek, we want to wait for, we want to turn to him, we want to follow him, even when we can't quite see it. And so just to finish off, I, I came across this quote the other week, and um, it just says this from Wendell Barry. It says, Wild in the wilderness, we roam the distance of our faith, safe beyond the bounds of what we know. So wild in the wilderness, that's us. We're wild in a wilderness, 
in a broken world, we roam the distance of our faith, safe beyond the bounds of what we know. You know, just this idea of roaming the distance of our faith. You know, so often we simply live by what we know. You know, we, we are sort of boxed in by what we see. And I guess as we head into this new year, my prayer is that, you know, we're going to sing a song in the moment, Oceans, that would actually walk upon the waters, that would actually go deeper and further where, where feet may fail, where there's sense that actually this is a bit new. You know, the reason the new is scary is because it's unknown. We don't know it. And so we stick to what we do know. We stick to the things that we have seen God do because it's safe. It's sort of, we've experienced that. We've seen it. But faith is actually walking into what God's called us to, which is sometimes new and unknown and scary, but it's trusting that actually we're going to roam the distance of our faith. Actually, I believe that God is going to be faithful, that God is going to be merciful and loving, that God is going to be with us. And so even if I'm unsure of where I'm walking, even if I'm unsure of that, you know, I'm not sure, quite sure if this is going to work out, if this is going to happen, but I'm just trusting that God has called us there and that's God will sort out the rest. You know, I want to believe that, there's, that there is more in store, that there are new mercies, there are new things that God is doing. And may we step into them with faith, knowing that God be who he says he is. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. So my prayer is that 2018, I do pray that it would be better. It would be bigger. It would be, you know, we would move forward. Not because, you know, things will magically just get better. Not because it's a fresh start. Not because we're going to be healthier or wealthier, or have more things, or travel more, or anything like that. But that 2018, we're going to move forward because God is with us. Because our faith is grounded in a firm and secure anchor, which is Jesus. And Jesus is faithful, is merciful, and is loving. Because of that, my prayer is that we would dive further in, that we would roam safe beyond the bounds of what we know and would walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. I'm going to invite our music team up and you know, we're going to sing this song, Oceans. And I know it's, it's always, for me, it's a nice song, but it's a lot easier to sing than it is to live. You know. But I want to encourage us that we would actually make this song our prayer. You know, that I'm not just going to pray at the end of my message just as a nice transition so we open our eyes and, oh, look, the music team's there. And I think sometimes we can do that. Sometimes we just pray because it's a nice transition. Like, I want to make this song our prayer. This is a prayer at the end. This is how we're finishing. Spirit, lead us where our trust is without borders. Let us walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take us deeper. Our faith would be made stronger in the presence of our Savior. And no matter the waves that rise, our soul will rest in His embrace. That we'll call upon His name, we'll know that actually God, no matter if our feet fail, He is going to grab us and save us because He is 
who he says he is. He is faithful, he is loving, he is merciful. So I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing this song. And like I said, make this your prayer as we head into a new year.